0: I thinking today about how it's a little weird for me to be the person in this church that cares the most about college football. I was uh when I went to the game yesterday, I got there early enough because OU played at noon. And OU got pounded. And I was thinking to myself, I have told you to not let 18 to 23 year old men run your emotional lives. And uh, I was failing personally in that. So I'm happy to report at halftime of the OU game, I, w- I left it, I walked around, and I just saw the final score. I was like, okay, I'm not going to... I wanted to come and report to you that I... was victorious? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, you know... What, some of the things that we sing and say are aspirational. Is God really our vision? Uh, we, we need to just dis- say that to ourselves because we want it to be true. Riches I heed not. Ugh. So these are things that we're saying because we want them to be true. They're not fully true, but we're moving toward, eventually they will be true. We will not need reach- riches in the new heavens and new earth. And so we're reminding ourselves of these things while we come together and we admit we're not there yet. It's okay, I'm not there yet on Saturdays. So we're talking about how things change today. Uh, John, last week, I got to watch, actually, preached about the y'alls in James and how this is for us together. And so we remind ourselves together the things we need, the things that God gives us, the truths, but also the goodness. <clears throat> and good things in this life don't last forever. That concert is going to end. The vacation comes to a close. But on the other hand, bad things don't last forever either. And so you're getting a new pastor. Praise the Lord! You didn't know that that was going to happen. It's coming up soon. I often think about I may have mentioned this before the r u f internship r u f is our denominational campus ministry, which I did for ten years and in in our system, no one from the campus they graduate from can stay and be an intern, so you get placed somewhere, and so you put your name like in the hopper and and it gets decided in in the you know structure where you're going to go, and you get told you're gonna placed x place so I had one of my female interns came from the University of Texas, and when she found out she got placed at the University of Oklahoma, she cried. It was like the worst news she ever got. Another one of my interns, female interns got placed from the University of Florida. She didn't cry, but it was completely unexpected to move to Oklahoma from Florida? Both of those women met their husbands at the University of Oklahoma who were grad students, And so that decision to move changed their lives, right? Now, those are big ones. Another big one, you know Joni Erickson-Tada, right? She's from Baltimore. I don't know if you knew that. And she, if you don't know, she's got to be 75 now or so. When she was 14 or 15, dove into a lake and broke her neck it's been a paraplegic for sixty plus years, but that that moment changed her life. She still had a beautiful, great life. None of us would wish that on her. But what a picture of beauty and grace and strength and resolve and trusting in the Lord. So they can be big ones, but they can be little tiny ones, right? Um I was with my friends, my high school friends on Monday night in Ozark, Missouri. And one of them said, you want to go to the lake tomorrow? Well, no big deal. But that, change, that was a change of not what I expected. So, so what is going to happen to you this week? The next five years? The next ten years? What are your plans? What are your desires? <clears throat> what is your direction? What are your dreams? And James is, is coming to us, resetting our framework because faith works faith isn't just something that we have out there in our back pocket we just pull out every once in a while on Sundays James is reminding us over and over again that that believing in and following Jesus as our Lord and Savior matters in what we do and what we think and how we act like the fruit of the Spirit it takes wisdom as we work it out together in big and small things. And this text is really about the everyday matters. How we plan our schedules. Remember Franklin Day Planners? We all had our day day timers. When When I joined RUF in 2001, I bought a Dell Axiom. It's a PDA, not the PDA you normally think of, a Uh, It was uh, called a personal digital assistant. And I thought every time I had a a thing, I would get my PDA out and put it in there, and then whatever I wanted to know. But I didn't do that. I just had it. It sat on my desk. I went back to my day timer. So, So what's in your phone? Now it's a lot easier, right? Siri... Make an appointment. So what's in that? What are we thinking we're going to do this week, this year, the rest of the year? So here, here, point one. Point one is we all sin. We know that. So in 4.17, James writes, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him and her, it is sin. <coughs> Now, most of the time we think about sin as doing wrong stuff. That's called sins of commission, right? The stuff you know you're not supposed to do that you do. But James is reminding us of sins of omission. Things you are supposed to do that you don't do. So we got a lot of confessing because this this spreads out sinning into a whole nother level think about it this way sometimes we would think okay i don't want to sin anymore so what i'm going to do is i'm going to lock myself in my room i'm going to get rid of all the things that cause me to sin whatever internet things or or, you know magazines because i want all these items that they have in there and uh and i'm just going to lock down in my bible right and i'm going to I'm going to not sin anymore. But Jesus says, go make disciples of all nations. And you can't do that in your room. Jesus says to love your enemies. How can you do that? By yourself, right? How can you be patient and kind? How can you carry other people's burdens? Like Galatians 6, 1 tells us locked up in your own room these are sins of of omission right so so in your order of worship i have this the sixth commandment thou shalt not murder and i used to often would say okay probably none of us have committed the sin of murder so when you look at that list you often think like I i don't need to worry about that i don't need to worry about that i don't need to worry about that Covening, okay, yeah, okay. I, in in city president Oklahoma City, I had two people that have committed murder, like literal murder. One of them was in jail for 25 years for it, which is a whole story. The other one I didn't know about until he was sharing his story of rescue about how God had transformed him. And he told us in the story that he used to work for a gang and would go and kill people. Maybe I should have known that beforehand. I don't know. So I have had people... who This was in play, right? <clears throat> but these Westminster divines, they would sit there and think about all the ways to follow this command or to break this command. And when you, when you look at this, I hope you have already a little bit, you just see, right? You can't just check this off. According to them, this isn't inspired Scripture or anything. But okay, we're not supposed to desire for revenge. Mm -hmm. We, we We are to confess all excessive passions. Yesterday, football. Distracting cares. Immoderate use of recreations. I don't even know what that means exactly. Provoking words. I know what that means. We are supposed to be patient, bearing of the hand of God. We're supposed to have a quietness of mind. I don't think they had ADD. Cheerfulness of spirit. We're supposed to have mild, courteous speech and behavior, and comforting and succoring the distressed. I don't, I'm not succored anyone, as far as I know. So, so. My only point is, when you stop to think about all that's required, if we are to truly follow the Lord and not commit sins of commission or omission, even in our book right here, protect and defend and help orphans and widows in chapter 1 and the poor in chapter 2,
1: how are we doing? How good and obedient are
0: we truly? most of the time we set ourselves in comparison to the really bad people that's how we think of ourselves but in this just one verse right here whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it
1: it's sin we are exposed Point one, we all sin. Point two, we all forget God.
0: This is the making plans part, okay? So uh, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and, and trade and make profit. Yet you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this, or that. Where you go, what you do, how you make money, what's wrong with that? It's not the planner, not the Dell axiom, you can't blame that. It's, it's the planner, you, the one who's making the plans. So, But I don't want you to think James's solution isn't to say, okay, just don't tell anybody what you're doing. Don't make plans. Some people have that approach to life. It's the attitude, if the Lord wills, because we leave God out of our plans. We just leave Him out of the whole picture, right? We're saying, this is my time, my location, my duration, my enterprise, my goal. And so we assume lordship over our own lives. Forgetting God completely, saying, I am in control. My plan is the best. And when that plan gets thwarted, we get angry, upset, depressed. And we forget because we lose perspective, right? St. Augustine said, any day out of the pains of hell is
1: a good day for you. It's all of grace. Do I deserve this life? So often we ask, why is there evil in the
0: world? But we really could ask, why is there any good, any beauty in the world? Everything we have has been given by God. James tells us that. Any good thing in James one seventeen, And we... Believe, the Invictus poem, inspiring, inspiring, you know it. I'm the master of my fate and the captive of my soul. And we ingest that. We want that to be true. It's true that you have choices, you have agency, and you affect the world. But remember, you didn't choose a lot of fundamental things in your life
1: your parents, your birth, order,
0: your gender. But we all know you really can't change it, right? I mean, you just really can't. It was given to you. And then your eye color, your height, there are things that you can change, and there are things that you can't. And so the the better poem that Invictus is Adelaine Pollard, have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. You are the potter and I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded
1: and still. Um, I think I might have
0: told you when my son Drew was in 8th grade, He was at football practice, and and I was supposed to pick him up at 8 o'clock. And at 8 o'clock, I started getting a phone call from a number I didn't know. And I never answer the phone from numbers I don't know, because a lot of people have my phone number. And all you have to do is leave a message. This is for all of you. Leave a message. Leave a text. But until then, I'm not going to call you back. I will call you back. This person didn't do either one of those things. I don't know why. But I kept on getting this same recurring phone number. And I was like, it became a, a, a will. Like, okay, I don't know why you're doing this, but I'm not going to answer. And every time it would be, dude, all you got to do is leave a message. I'm not, I'm not answering it. I'm talking to the phone, of course, right? And after an hour, I was like, this person is very persistent. I'm also persistent, but I'm also now interested. It was Drew's football coach. I had forgotten him for an hour till 9 p.m. Now, of course, in my opinion, is why didn't you leave a message? I don't know. It's your fault. Honestly, it's your fault, not mine. But nobody likes to be forgotten. You don't like to be forgotten. Think about when you didn't get invited to the event, the party. Or nobody liked your whatever. You didn't get any reviews. Like, it's one thing to get bad reviews, to just be ignored.
1: I feel irrelevant. And it turns out God doesn't like to be forgotten. Things that are important to you get on your schedule,
0: you tattoo them on your skin you set a reminder you put a string on your finger metaphorically at least right the bride does not forget her wedding day
1: and God is not different here's a couple examples listen to Job
0: 8 12 and 13 while yet in flower and not cut down they wither before any other plant oh that's not it for we are, oh, oh yeah, such are the paths of all who forget God. The hope of the godless shall perish. Here's Psalm 9, 17 and 18. The wicked shall return to Sheol, all the nations that forget God. And how about Hosea 4, 6? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Forgetting important things is disastrous. Forgetting God himself. And so as we go about our days, and we forget God and we just leave him out, We ignore His calls. So we all sin. We all forget God. And then lastly, we all are missed. The transitory nature of life. For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. We
1: feel so strong, so confident, so vital, And then we're gone. We all know a big example is this. My high school friend, Kevin Carter. Died at 22. Done funerals for two year old baby boys. But even
0: we think about my, you know, my grandfather was in World War II. He grew up
1: without electricity, with, with dirt floors. He's gone. Think about,
0: you know, my grandparents and all the things they saw in their life. A man on the moon, they would have never expected that. Computers, beyond their wildest imagination. Cell phones, you know. Pluto, no longer a planet. They wouldn't have expected that. So, so you know, like, how long are we gonna be here, y'all? How, how, we take it so for granted, day by day. Most people in the world, throughout time, have had a a concept of time that's really circular. We go around and round. Maybe it's reincarnation, or, or there are different things, you know. Even a, a humanist is like, we we go into the ground and then we fertilize the ground and we somehow come back around but the bible really talks about an arc there's a beginning of time and there's an end of the world that goes on to eternity in a line a
1: timeline right and so we are on that timeline not on a circle
0: our days are not guaranteed But there is an eternal future. And so James is pressing at us a little bit to think,
1: what does that eternal future look like for you? When you sit
0: at a funeral and you contemplate the end of life, most of us want to banish that thought, but I I want to urge you, that is important. The way you feel at that funeral right then is, is true. You contemplate what's going to happen. Where am I going? What is after this in eternity? Don't banish that thought. We have people in our church that are closer to the end and just at the beginning, and all of us all in between. Where are we going? So, these are three not super fun points. We all sin. We all forget God. We all are missed. Our days are numbered. So, what do we have? Last, we can all hope in Jesus as our Savior. That's what we got. I don't usually like to talk about people that aren't here, but last week I went to a church in my hometown. And the sermon didn't have any hope in Jesus. The the pastor mentioned Jesus, right? The pastor mentioned how how Jesus had followers and we should all be followers. But there wasn't any gospel message. I want to make sure that's not true today, right? Every text is about our hope in Jesus. We look at... the bad news that we need him, and then we hear the good news that we can have him because he loves us and cares for us. Because the truth is, we're not, we're not fine. Right? We, we just looked at that. We're ignorant. We're frail. We're dependent. The magic bullet in this text is not just say the Lord wills. Every sentence you ever say, I'm going to the Ravens game, if the Lord wills. You know, that also is very annoying. I've known people that had these little phrases he was like, stop, please stop. It's not an incantation that gets you, you know, hey, we'll do this, Lord willing. I mean, it's okay sometimes, but yeah, Lord willing, everything's going to happen, or nothing's going to happen. Who knows?
1: It's pious jargon, like a little... That's not what you should do. That's not what this text is
0: pressing for us, right? The text wants us to believe and follow Jesus. That's what the Lord wills. That's what He calls us to, that we would give Him all of it. That He would be our vision. That, 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 that our faith would work out into our lives. And the amazing thing is He gives it to frail people. Misty people.
1: Forgetting people. Betraying people. Doubting
0: not amazing that we would give him our plans. It's okay to want to get into first grade, second grade, you know like that's good. We want we don't want you to be stuck in third grade forever. It's okay to want to graduate or get a car or get married or have kids or not or go to law school or grad school or med school or go overseas or get an internship or a new job. We hold these all to the Lord right like Abraham and Isaac we, we take them to the altar and say okay I don't get this Lord but here you go <clears throat> sometimes he takes it and sometimes he gives it that's our posture though open handed to our plans to our lives to our affections so you might end up being married at 18 or 40 or not you don't know you might have no kids. You might have seven. You might bomb the entrance exam or, or get passed over for a promotion. But what we say is, we've already said it today, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, that's one of those things. Like, you know, when I said I don't want to let these football players take over my... That's another one.
1: Your will be done, Lord. Really? Really? Do I mean it? Do I know God's will? Do I have that pegged down? Or, Or maybe could I be wrong about it? What are my weaknesses and blind spots? What wrong desires do I have?
0: am I asking God about my jobs and my moves and my changes and my children even the number of them my purchases, my eating my daily life my church am I asking God about eternal life what does it mean? or do I think of God sort of like a deistic entity the watchmaker common you know like in the Revolutionary War days. So many of our forefathers just had this general deistic God. He's out there somewhere, non-personal. But our text in, in, in James, in the whole book, it talks about how the Word of God is implanted in our souls and we are children of the Lord, the King. He directs us. He gives us His mercy each and every day and he gives wisdom to those who come to him and ask and he gives grace to the humble you've got to get on your knees and say I need you Lord I need you every hour I need you and Jesus
1: answers that prayer that posture because what did he do came which is amazing he lived perfect life the life we were supposed to do he didn't
0: disobey any of the commandments he fulfilled all the commandments he would have been spot on on this you know larger catechism and at the very end right
1: as he was about to die on a cross which he knew he was going to do He said, Thy will be done. I will suffer to save. So they,
0: his children, could have honor. I will be nothing so you can be everything. I will be broken so you can be healed. I will take sin onto me so you can be forgiven so jesus didn't just not do wrong things he did the exact thing to save you from the pains of hell forever jesus you want to talk about forgotten on that cross god turned his back which he had never experienced you imagine being in perfect union with God, the Father, and the, and the Holy Spirit from all time. And at that moment, God turns His back because He can't be near sin, right? He's holy. That's way different than I didn't answer the phone call. Punished,
1: left there, wrecked.
0: So you can be remembered, pulled in, embraced, and eventually ushered into the very presence of God, singing with that great choir for all eternity. So my hope for us today, us, is that we would not neglect the Lord. We would not forget Him, even today, that we would remember who He is and what He has done not only in the world, for, but for us personally. And that we would work on, at least, centralizing Him into our lives. He's not an accessory to pull out every now and then. That's the good news for us today, that He's done all that. And so then we could say, take my life and let it be. Right? Right? That is aspirational for sure. But it can be a working out in our lives. Maybe again you could remember that today or maybe you could
1: start today. But it's, it's good news for us that God loves us this much. Amen.